Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion, unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. You are listening to Dream. Episode 6, The Maze That Bleeds. Once, when I was a little younger than Henry is now, I witnessed something that I'd later come to know as a paradox. I didn't know that's what it was at the time. In my youthful ignorance, I only knew that what I was viewing was both true and untrue a fragmented reality of its own design. My grandfather, by then approaching 80 years of age, stood in the open doorway to the bathroom. The frail gossamer of his hair, illuminated by the diluted streetlight filtering through frosted glass. He swayed slightly, finger to chin, debating some unknown purpose with himself. Papa? I asked softly, afraid to startle him. Hmm? He turned sharp, eyes lighting like beacons with fright, then dying to embers as his faculties settled within his ageing mind. Oh, Alice, you frightened me. Is everything okay? I shuffled my feet on the hardwood floors, 
gaze locked on his. Yes? He smiled and made jolly. Ev- everything is fine. I-, I was just... just heading to bed. He lowered himself to his knees and took both my shoulders in a grasp far too firm for someone with hands as translucent as his. You, you best do the same, dear. It's late. For what felt like an infinity, I stared into the sparkling pools of his eyes. While his body spoke of youth and awareness, his eyes held a secret that would later have Grandpapa bed-bound and spilling candle wax on his linens. It would be this secret that eventually announced itself, and would see Papa wandering aimlessly into the next door's farm to live out his final moments trampled under the hooves of our neighbour's noble steed. A paradox. A secret lurking beneath the surface. Truth and untruth. He was fine, but he wasn't. He was here, but he was gone flitting between two realities in the blink of an eye. A paradox is what I now see. As I stare at the door, the walls that were once bare and unforgiving rock now glow in a strange chirography of rune and script that are both there and not there. Truth and lies, present and imagined. Images that had lain dormant, awake and speak to me, whispering in languages I can't understand, but which set my senses aflame. Sharp, undeniable geometric edges, impossible in the rock, like luminous veins of blood brought forth by an invisible artist's hand. I marvel at their work, attempt to translate their meaning, and yet somehow know it all at once. I have awoken them. It has begun. With the small tattered book that becomes the key beneath my arm, I have released them and activated their power. A book of wondrous things and unknown potential, held in the hands of an innocent, naive girl. I clutch the book before me, open to the first page and stroke the leaf. Ink, long dried, paints the page from eons before, untranslatable and alien. Markings and pictographs reflect some of the same decoration etched on the cavern walls, and as I file through each page in turn, I find my eyes grown wider. My breath come in small hitches, a static fills the air, and I don't know whether to laugh or cry. Footsteps echo behind me. I gasp, snap the book shut, reach the door's handle and find none. With the gentle nudge of my tender shoulder, it yields, as if waiting for me all these long years. I charge ahead, emerge through its portal, find the door has already closed behind me before I can address my personal security. In front of me the cavern opens, yields a fantasy realm, and here I stand above all things. An impossible kingdom sprawls ahead of me, an ancient oil painting come manifest. Ribbons of autumnal reds stain hedges that knit together in a labyrinth that could give Daedalus cause for envy. Buds of white blossoms scar the brush like acne, and above it all, heaven-bound and oppressive, a swirling spiral of clouds royal and bubble. The dark shapes witnessed in a distant graveyard have returned to the skies, always present, never quite revealed. 
Dragons and cephalopods and primal monsters of myth drift in an ocean of gas and cloud that stretches into the ether. Standing at the labyrinth's end, a castle. The castle stands proud and foreboding, each brick coloured, designed and shaped as if to cause the onlooker physical alarm and pain. In the way that nature paints its dangers in reds and golds, this construction pulses with a crimson magnetism that dissuades my progress. I know I must go onward, though I fear what may happen if I do. Dark windows stare at me like empty eye sockets, the crenellations of each parapet and balustrade like jagged teeth on an open moor. I know they are inside. I fear that they are inside. Oh God, I must go inside. I look down at feet, find a thin staircase built into meadow that descends into the gates of the labyrinth. It is the only path, one designed to guide forward and offer no simple escape. Each step I take encourages knocking knees, and it is only as I reach the final step, or what I believe to be the final step, that I realise my error in assumption. What I had thought to be the blood-red carpet of the labyrinth is in fact the ceiling of the liquid that lies beneath. Waves and ripples cast by an unseen gust disturb the water, and I only pause a moment before I continue my descent. Submerge my ankle, then my calf, the lily-white of my flesh stained pink. The water is warm, fanning my pinafore around me like a ball gown. My hips submerge, my chest, my shoulders. I do not bother to hold my breath, for I know that these waters are not that of the land of the living, and in dreams and nightmares I may breathe and live and survive. One more step takes me under, and though each individual strand of blonde hair floats and ululates in the gentle current of this tepid red sea, I find my assumptions confirmed. I find breath, and I am okay. Though I understand that I am a fool, and what I believe to have been a monstrous land above the surface is nothing to what this monolithic underwater dimension presents. Though my gravity is held sturdy below me by a nest of vine and pondweed, I can see into the monstrous depths, to the places where light is swallowed by the hungry darkness and dead things live. Dark, mutilated shapes skim in shoals, chased by predators and lost to the blinking horizon in a matter of moments. Flowers and coral decorate patches where rock has attempted to drink sunlight. A thousand colours and formulations of breeds unknown to man and that will never be fully revealed to surviving history. I find no other option but to journey into this maze. I tread carefully to begin with. The rational side of my mind screaming the implausibility that I find myself inside. Decisions are made for me. The decrepit book of secrets untouched by its own protective bubble, whispering rights and lefts and onwards, until I am well and truly lost in the labyrinth's depths. I fight to keep my gaze pointed, knowing that no good can come from examining the growing mass of swimming creatures circling beneath the tangled vine carpet. I breathe without bubbles and air, each step grown in confidence, as I begin to wonder if I could swim or float to sustain my progress. 
a brief attempt at a hop turns fruitless. Gravity resumed normal to a life above sea level. I tread onwards. All too aware that soon a castle will greet me, and in its clutches I must burden myself with a final decision. Right. Right. Forward. Left. Right. Forward. Left. Right. Alice. I pause, snapped out of my hypnotic reverie by the familiarity of the voice. Turning about in all directions to identify the speaker, I find myself painfully alone. Step. Step. Alice. Firmer now, a rasp to accompany a voice of pain and struggle. It is only when I look to the bleeding aquatic hedgerow that surrounds me that I notice a break in the repetitive pattern of leaves and branches. A face protrudes, sick and rosy, eyes white and without pupils. Father? My fish father has become an unshapely atrocity. His form now moulded into the bush, he appears more as a barnacle or fungus than the strange sea creature of before. My legs and arms should have been are now roots and tangles, and I note with pained anguish that the rise and fall of his chest is laboured and forced. My fish father offers a weak grin, a scab breaking open to spit its pus. You found it. He glances to the book, his smile breaking wider. The effort of it causes his face to shrivel and wrinkle. For a moment, the whites of his eyes fade to grey. I did, I reply. I can free you. I can free us all. He nods, painfully slow. Funglui, Muglanaf, Cthulhu, Rulier, Wuganagal, Futagan. Something flickers behind his vapid gaze, and for the first time since entering his company, I wonder at the rippling knot in my stomach. I had heard this chant before, a strange language unbeknownst to myself. Black robes and red hearts. What does that mean? I ask. My fish father smiles, eyes grown drowsy. It is the enchantment needed to break the spell. The dialogue of the elders and the great old ones. Study it, Alice. Learn it well. Say it again. Slowly. Though I beg for the repeat, I already understand its message. Hear its translation in whispers inside my head. The book shudders in my clutches. Funglui, Muglanaf, Cthulhu, Rulier, Wuganagal, Futagan. In his house at Rulier, dead Cthulhu waits, dreaming. My gaze shifts to the depths beneath me. For the first time, I can see punctuations of architecture at its furthest reaches. Great blocks of masonry unknown to this world, shining in emerald and opal. Nearby, a great column rises to join the location I imagine the castle to sit, forming the great stone pillar of its foundation. A single thread to connect this waking world to the lost and sleeping city in the depths. Below, great bubbles rise, 
as if released from the organs of a slumbering giant. Funglui, Morglanuf, Cthulhu, Rulier, Wulganagel, Funtagen. You must onward, Alice. My fish father says, Time is short, the end is nigh. He cranes his neck forward, as if momentarily forgetting his lack of limbs. I give a small nod, then turn away without word. My senses are ignited, and I fear that I have gained new information that shatters the perspective acquired from this illusion of reality. My foundations of knowledge stand as fragile as the knitted carpet beneath my tender feet as I pursue the end. Take left, take right, move onward, wholly aware that beneath the impressive construction of this architectural peak that can only truly be the summit of the fabled Rolier, dead Cthulhu waits, dreaming. Henry, I mutter, alarmed by the weakness of my own voice, Hold on just a little longer. I'm coming. Forward. Right. Right. Left. Step. And there the great door stands proud. There the titanic entrance to the castle beckons me forward and repels me in equal measure. There, above the obsidian doors that stand as tall as giants, beating heart throbs and bleeds its ichor into the crimson ocean. Each drop a spurt of ink that forms a murky cloud and fades. When did the castle submerge beneath the waters? There, somewhere deep in the chasm of myth and legend, fable and imagination, I know that she awaits. The Red Queen. Funglui, Muglanuf, Cthulhu, Roilier, Ruganagel, Vantagen. I can almost hear the chanting mob awaiting. I can almost see her grin. Above the heart, a shape forms. A bipedal feline with a grin as wide as her wingspan. She grins down upon me and purrs. I am confirmed. The time is nigh. Metal shrieks on metal. A great lock clicks. The castle doors open wide to greet me. At the threshold, the creature awaits. My cavern pursuer. All limbs and eyes and gelatinous flesh. A slave to their will. The great obedient monstrosity built for a single purpose by the elder things. I close my eyes. Feel the enveloping wrap of its slime-ridden, oozing embrace, and I am carried, absorbed into its flesh, its body made conduit. There I am carried into the reception halls of the great Rolier. We hope you enjoyed this special Halloween episode of The Other Stories. Find out more about us and join our exclusive community at theotherstories.net. Dream was written by Daniel Wilcox, with audio production by Jimmy Horrors. Georgia Cook plays the role of Alice. 
Carl Hughes plays the role of grandfather, Samantha Frost plays the role of cat mother, Manny Realguy plays the role of fishfather. With theme music provided by Duncan Muggleton and artwork by creativeparameter.com. For a full list of contributors, including contact links and further information, check out the show notes of this episode. Finally, a special thank you to this episode's sponsors. Shadow and Spice Book Box. Quarterly subscription boxes for lovers of fantasy, horror and dark romance. Sign up now at bookboxcanada.com. And Eerie River Publishing, an independent publishing house specialising in dark fantasy and horror. Find out more at eerieriverpublishing.com. The Other Stories is a production of the story studio Hawk and Cleaver and is brought to you with a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license. Don't change it, don't sell it, but by all means, share the heck out of it. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quinn's is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.